0: Greetings in the name of Jesus to each of you. Brother Nathan uh, introduced his devotional this morning by asking a question, how much do you love your brother? I've got three questions to ask, and I won't won't wait uh, for a response, but the question I have is, what does it mean to have fellowship with someone? What are the factors that determine if you have fellowship, and who do you have fellowship with? Three questions. Title of the sermon is Fellowship with the Father. So I think the answer to those questions perhaps uh, depends on how you define fellowship. You know, if you look at a dictionary, which, which I looked at, just looked at a um, one, didn't go real in depth, but uh, the first definition of fellowship is friendly association, especially with people who shares one's interests. So if that's your definition of fellowship, you can have fellowship with a, a wide variety of people, a wide variety of people, uh, that fellowship may be fairly shallow. Uh, but you can have fellowship with a wide variety of people. I want to look at a, a type of fellowship that goes deeper than that this morning. And it, it's more of a what I would call true fellowship. And it, it's found in Scripture. Um, the, the Greek word in the New Testament that is translated uh, fellowship is kononia, And that word is found fairly often in the New Testament, and it has the idea of communion, uh, sharing, participation, a partnership. Uh, It's where we get the word communion. It's translated as communion uh, some places. Uh, It's also, um, it means coming to an agreement about something, being in unity, unity of purpose. So fellowship with God, fellowship with the Father uh, at its most basic is is agreeing with him in all things. So to have fellowship with someone, going back to my original question, what does it mean to have fellowship with someone? To have fellowship with someone, it, it requires some sort of common bond, uh, whether that is your love of Scrabble or whether that's um, your love of the Lord, okay? Those are kind of two extremes of shallow and deep. And, and and deep, uh, but you need to have somewhat of a bond, and if you don't have that bond, well, then you have no, there's, there's no basis of, for your fellowship, and so if you think about uh, your, your relationships with, with people, you know, um, if you don't have a common bond with someone, that can be developed, you know, in friendships, you can, you can, friendships grow over time, a good example is marriage. It's certainly not the only example, but it's a good example of of a relationship, a fellowship that, as there's, as you grow in that relationship, you you develop a deeper and deeper bond. Uh, perhaps there's there's give and take. You learn what the other person likes and dislikes, and uh, perhaps you develop some of the same interests. And there it it. Um, It's a gradual change in your fellowship because you're growing toward each other. Now, if you think that about your relationship with God, your fellowship with the Father, uh, that requires movement as well, but it's all one-sided. In our relationship with God, to have fellowship, a change will be required, but it's only going to be on our part. God does not, and he will not change to meet us halfway. So when you talk about relationships with people and give and take, okay, that's different with your relationship, your fellowship with God the Father. He will not meet you halfway. You have to allow him to change your heart, allow you him to change your attitudes, and then you change your actions with the help of the Holy Spirit to more closely align yourself with him. We need to align ourselves with God. Uh, we can't expect God to change for us. I think too often perhaps uh, we're tempted to change our interpretation of who God is and what God says uh, so that it allows us to fool ourselves into thinking that we have a deeper relationship and more fellowship with God than we actually have. So we don't want to change to exactly meet what we find in his word and so we change what we 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 change what we say God's word says so that it brings ourselves into alignment well God won't change who he is just to align himself with us no we need to change who we are to align ourselves with God there needs to be oneness in heart and that's with with relationships with our brothers and its relationship with the father. You know, it was Amos, Amos that said, um, can two walk together unless they be agreed? You know, you can walk side by side with someone and not agree on everything, but sooner or later, you're going to come a fork in the road and one of you is going to go left and the other one's going to go right. It's just, it's just the way it works. And so you need to be agreed if you're going to walk together, if you're going to have deep True fellowship. There needs to be like-mindedness. Uh, that's why Paul uh, exhorts us to not not have uh, not to be unequally yoked. You need to have the same um, the same principles, the same outlook on life, if you're going to um, do life together. If you're going to have any sort of deep fellowship. 2 Corinthians 6, verse seven, 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Okay, so you need to have, if you're going to have fellowship, you need to both have the same, the same beliefs. And it's the same way with, um, <clears throat> with just a, a variety of things, but especially spiritually, If you're going to have fellowship with someone, you need to be able to connect your heart. You need to have a relationship on a spiritual level. And it's the Holy Spirit that indwells us, that allows us, or is one of those things that allows us to have that fellowship. Uh, Jesus said in John 14, I'll read uh, three verses here, John 14, uh, 15 to 18, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and I will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So it's the Holy Spirit living in our hearts that allows us to have that fellowship, that deep, true fellowship. It's through the Holy Spirit that allows us to have true fellowship, unlike uh, any other type of fellowship that you can have. Christian fellowship, fellowship with your Christian brothers and sisters, with God, Uh, It's unlike any other type of fellowship. It's, It's deeper than the fellowship that you can have over your love of puzzles or Scrabble or any other thing that you might mention. True Christian fellowship with your brothers and sisters, it requires, as a prerequisite, it requires up front, first, that both parties have fellowship with God. So do we... Do we know God or do we just know of God? So there's a big difference in those two questions. Knowing God uh, or knowing of God does not equate with knowing God. It's two different things. You can know about someone. Someone just asked me yesterday, well, do you know this person? And I said, well... I know his name, I know who he is, I kind of know a little bit about him, but I don't know him. I don't know that I've ever spoken to the man, I don't know him. And if I would have said, yeah, I know him, and then they would have started asking me questions, it would have become very obvious that I didn't really know him. And there's a, it's the same way it is with God, there's a lot of people that know of God, but they don't know God, and there's a huge difference in those two things. The um, you you may be familiar with, I guess you the sermon, Dr. Lockridge um, about my king, you know, where he he goes on and on about he lists all these superlatives about God, how he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he goes on and on and on. And then he stops and he says, do you know him? He doesn't say, do you know of him? He says, do you know him? He's my king. And that's the difference. That's the difference in having true relationship, fellowship with the Father, and just knowing of the Father. Do you know him? And so we need to examine ourselves and examine our relationship with the Father, examine our fellowship with the Father to see, is it, do I know the Father, or do I just know of him? Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 says, Um, one of the things that he talks about is he talks about examining ourselves uh, before we participate in the Lord's Supper so that we don't partake of the emblems in an unworthy matter. So we need to examine ourselves to see um, if we have that fellowship, that relationship, that communion with the Father. As I said before, God doesn't lower himself to meet our standards. We need to change our standards. We need to change our lives to meet His standard. And so what is his standard? Well, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the standard. That's the standard of comparison when we talk about being holy, becoming more and more like Christ. I mentioned Amos earlier. We think about Amos. uh, One of his visions uh, was was the man holding the plumb line beside the wall, and he compared the, the wall to the straight to the plumb line. So we need to compare our lives to the plumb line of Jesus. Sanctification is, is not only a, a one-time event, but it's a continued process. So it's, as we mature in our Christian walk, we become more and more holy, more and more like Jesus. Uh, our goal should be to act like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to love like Jesus. And while we'll never reach that point here, that should be our goal. We'd come more and more like Jesus, and so self-examination is essential to spiritual growth. It shows us how we measure up to Jesus. You can open your Bibles um, to First John chapter one. That's where we'll, where we'll be looking at um, for most of the message. First John chapter one. But we need to examine ourselves. It's something that we should take, take seriously. And it's something we should do daily. We should always examine our hearts, examine our motives. Um, but it's something that we need to do. We need to examine ourselves and compare ourselves to Scripture, compare ourselves to Jesus, not to other people. Okay, Self-examination is not a comparison with others. Where we compare ourselves uh, to others, we're we're just uh, we're comparing ourselves to a standard um, that is an imperfect pattern. We should only test ourselves against Scripture, against Jesus, truth, not other people. When we compare ourselves with other people, um, eventually we'll be led astray. Ultimately, we'll be led astray. Because no one is is perfect, we need to compare ourselves to the standard. Keep Jesus always in focus. You know how do you how do you meet a goal? Like if if you have a goal, whether it's you know whatever that goal is, how do you meet that goal? Well, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Um, some people say you should write it down, keep it right in front of you. some people say you should repeat it to yourself. there's all kinds of things but you need to you need to make sure that you don't forget what that goal is. keep that goal in front of you and then ask yourself these questions Is what I'm doing helping me to get closer to my goal or farther apart, farther away? I'm reading a book now um, it's it's written kind of, it's on the topic of staying mission true, especially to organizations, charitable organizations specifically. Um, and it examines organizations that over time they have drifted from their original mission. You know, they started out feeding orphans, but over time now perhaps they, um, you know, it's completely, completely different mission than what they'd started out to. So they've experienced mission drift. Well, that's why we need to examine ourselves. That's why self-examination is important, so that we don't experience mission drift in our own lives. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do, not, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified over and over we're commanded to consider your ways examine yourself test yourself other people can't really do it for us we need to do it for ourselves 1 John chapter 1 i think we'll go ahead and read the complete chapter 1 through John 2 chapter verse 17 i believe That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father. Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. (coughs) He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Skipping down to verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it But he who does the will of God abides forever. So I'd like to point out a few things here about true fellowship. True fellowship with the Father. True fellowship with each other is based on fellowship with the Father. If you look at verse 3, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So, although unbelievers should be able to sense our love, should be able to sense our friendship, there's a limit to the true fellowship that we can have until they come to a personal understanding, a personal acceptance of Jesus Christ. It's our fellowship, our, our mutual fellowship with the Father. That allows us to have true fellowship then with each other. It's Christ that we have in common. It's Jesus that then, that's that common bond that allows us to have true fellowship. It's when we share together about the riches of Christ, the truth that we find in Scripture, that's genuine fellowship. Now, I'm not saying that fellowship after church, where we talk about the weather and how nice it would be to have sunshine and the wedding yesterday and how we, what we did this past, I'm not saying that's not, um, doesn't help our relationship. But there's a limit to how deep that fellowship is. True fellowship, deep fellowship is based on what we share in Christ. Fellowship with one another is based on the fellowship with God, and that's the core of our unity. That's the core of Christian unity is our our common fellowship with the Father. The only way that we can be truly unified with each other is to be first be unified with the Father through Jesus. As we become more and more like Christ, we can be closer and closer to each other. I think it's impossible for two people to grow closer to Christ while their relationship is falling apart with each other. I don't think that works. I think something is wrong with that picture. When relationships break, when they suffer, when they fall apart, I think it's a sign that there's an issue with the relationship with the Father. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, to change our hearts. It's if both of our hearts are knit with Christ, then we can have unity. We may not think exactly the same. We won't. We won't think exactly the same. We'll have differing opinions about things. But our passion for Christ, our love for each other, is based on something else, not on surface things. And that's what allows us to have unity and fellowship. So what hinders hinders fellowship? Well, John lists multiple things here in these two chapters. What breaks that fellowship with God, and what breaks our fellowship with each other? Well, it, it's, it's sin, self, and love of the world. Uh, perhaps those three things all have the same root. Maybe it's just three words, that, that three synonyms. Um, but John here calls it darkness, walking in darkness. Someone who not only sins but stays there, verse 5 to 7 there of chapter 1. He talks about darkness and how you need to have, if if you walk in darkness, you can't have fellowship with the Father. We must not walk in darkness. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So darkness within prevents fellowship with the Father. God is light. God is light and in him, is no darkness at all. So what does it mean to walk in darkness? What is spiritual darkness? Well, simply, it's everything that opposes God. If you don't have a saving relationship with Jesus, you're walking in darkness. Isaiah, Isaiah, is it chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 2, where the prophecy about Jesus, he says, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon them hath the light shined. Okay, they had walked, think about the the children of Israel, they had rejected God. They had rejected God, they had walked away, and yet God in his great mercy had not forgotten them. We can't expect to walk in darkness and have fellowship with the Father. It just doesn't work. John, um, I think sometimes we we think of of John as being... um, kind of the 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 soft disciple the disciple that Jesus loved and he's loving and caring and we perhaps think forget that he was one of the sons of thunder and here he does not paint uh, he doesn't paint in, in in gray it's black and white if you love me keep my commandments Jesus said God is light in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have not fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Multiple times in those verses I read, talks about if you say this and do something else, you're a liar. Uh, he didn't mince words. He, he, he says it's clearer or, and uh, more plain than what we often feel comfortable saying, uh, and yet it's true. Chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. I think darkness is also a description for hiding things that we know is wrong. Uh, We try to cover, cover to to cover things um, and our, our motives. We try to hide them, and that's that's walking in darkness. I think any attempt to circumvent truth is a work of darkness. When God's word makes it plain, something that we need to do, something that we should change in our life, and we try to cover that up, that's darkness. There's a difference in saying and walking. Same way, it's the same way there's a difference in saying that you know God or you know of God. If you say one thing and walk another way, what says the most? What carries the most weight? Well, John here is clear, it's your walk that God pays attention to. We may say that we have a right relationship with God. We may say that we've repented. We may say that we've forgiven one another. We may say that um, we're walking in, in light. And yet, if we still are living with our old habits, if we are still are dealing with unforgiveness, if we're still walking in darkness, we're, we're, living, we're living a lie. We're, we're saying one thing and doing another. We're only deceiving ourselves. We won't deceive God. When we say that we've forgiven someone else and yet we continue to degrade them, we're deceiving ourselves. We're living a lie. When we say that we have fellowship with others and yet we just can't handle being around them, what does that say? Fellowship with the Father requires confession and repentance. If you look at verse uh, chapter 2, verse 7 and 9, 7 through 9, or no, I'm sorry, chapter 1, 7 through 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And they cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. That's an amazing amount of peace that we can have there. And it's necessary if we're going to have fellowship with the Father. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we're justified. We still may fall short of God's perfection. And we need cleansing. that's where there in verse 7 and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin we need daily cleansing we need daily cleansing it's where god's grace comes in in the blood of jesus cleansing us from sin that continual cleansing of jesus christ allows us to have fellowship with the father we we don't need to walk perfectly but we do need to walk purely truthfully and openly and if we do that if we do that we'll have fellowship with the father because God his spirit will point out things where we failed we might not always know but his holy spirit is faithful in pointing those things out and then we need to be honest and open and that's where confession and repentance comes in Walking in the light means that we're open and we're honest about addressing areas in our life that need growth, that need attention. It's pretty easy for me to um, assume that my life doesn't need, doesn't need cleansing and while at the same time um, noticing where all the other people need cleansing. Um, I think that kind of comes naturally. At least it does for me. But you know what? That's deception. We're deceiving ourselves if we think that we're the only ones that don't need cleansing. Fellowship with the Father requires forgiveness and love for our brothers He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I think it was in our Sunday school class where someone asked the question, whether we are, um, whether we're willing to be judged uh, by the same by the same um, standard that we judge others, and it's easy for us to justify uh, holding people that wronged us accountable for what they did, but just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right. Uh, we need how much more. Should we be held accountable for the ways that we've wronged our father? Do we really mean it when we pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors? And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you, Ephesians 4, 32. So how do you know if you really forgave someone? Well, being open for fellowship, I think, is a a test of that. Um, You know, if there's something in between two people and it causes kind of a rift in that relationship. But when forgiveness comes in, that rift is is cleaned up. That rift is, perhaps there is a scar there. But are you open then to developing that relationship, that fellowship with the other individual? Perhaps fellowship won't be possible if that other person is still walking in darkness. Now, the problem comes in is is when we assume that we're the ones that's walking in the light, and the other one is always the one that's walking in darkness. Uh, that's that's the easy assumption to make, but we need to be honest and and I want to be realistic that there are times uh, when you may be open to to fellowship with somebody, and yet it's rejected um, through no fault of your own. That's that's reality, um, and I'm not I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about that. But if there's true forgiveness, you need to be able to be open for fellowship, for relationship with each other. True fellowship with the Father requires that we do not love the world. We must not love the world. There, chapter 2, verse 15, do not love the world. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So what is the world? Well, there's multiple ways you could define that. But it's whatever contradicts the will and attributes of God. And so another question I can ask is, and we all need to answer it, is who do I love? Who do I love? Ask yourself that. Who do I love? Do I love God? Or do I love the world? And it's not an either or thing. You can't, or it is an either or thing. It's not a both. Joshua said choose you this day whom you will serve. It's not serve both of them. Jesus said it's uh you cannot serve God and mammon. He didn't say you should not serve both of them. He said you cannot serve both of them. You have to pick. It's either or, not both. Who do I love? Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are we conforming to? What, is, what are we patterning our lives after? God's word or the world? How we answer that question helps answer the question of who do you love? What drives our decisions? What do we consume the most? Do we consume the word of the Lord? Do we consume the food of God? The food of the father or do we consume the food of the world? What do we consume the most? What you feed grows. We need to make our choice and then maintain that choice. It's not a choice that we have that we can make once and then it never comes up again. At least it isn't for me. It's something that it's a choice that we need to maintain and we maintain that. By feeding it, by feeding on the word of the Lord, by maintaining our relationship, our fellowship with the Father, our communion with the Father, that common bond. We have to choose not to yield to the world. And he mentions what the world is there in verse 16, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. As long as we're in our mortal bodies, that's a decision that we're going to have to make. We have to choose not to yield to those things. And praise the Lord, with the help of the Holy Spirit, he's given us the victory. We don't have to fall to those. We don't have to yield to those temptations. We can keep our eyes focused on God, looking into him who is able to keep us from falling. It's a wonderful promise. True fellowship with the Father, true communion with the Father lessens the pull of the world. We dare not be like Demas, who Paul wrote, he said, he has is, he is, uh, left me because he loved the world. We need to be like Enoch, who walked with God. So examine your walk. Examine your relationship. Are we walking in the light? Who do we love? Are we forgiving our brothers? Are we experiencing true fellowship, true heart fellowship with the Father? I pray that we all are, because that's the only where, only place that we'll have peace with fellowship with the Father. Let's have a song.